As you can see, I'm not Pastor Ward. He's actually in Penrith. That's right, I'm Pastor Nick. He's actually preaching at our Penrith campus this morning. Um, and so he is sending his love and kisses and hugs and... You don't believe me? Yeah, no, he did. He did actually. He's like, oh, tell everyone I miss them. So he's, um, he's out there this morning having a, a great time, so I'm sure. So he sends his love. Um, excited girls about the women's conference next week. It's going to be great. Can't wait to hang out with everybody. Um, so this morning, um, Ward asked me to speak this morning, which anyway, got a few things on at the moment, but when it rains... It pours, doesn't it? So here we go. So we're doing our final um, message this morning on the series that Pastor Ward has been doing, which is Soul Detox. So detoxing our soul, I think, you know, when we go on a detox, which I've never been on one, but I do plan to get there at some stage. But it's like you're getting rid of the toxins in your body, you're getting rid of the yucky bits, you're getting rid of the stuff that clogs up your system, makes you sick, makes you tired. So it's the same with our soul. You know, we're having this detox in, in, in a place where we can just come and, and go, oh, yeah, I've got to get rid of that stuff. So we're talking about stuff this morning. So in Psalm 103, verse 5, if you've got your Bible, that's the scripture that I'm basing this off. And it says, oh, I had to use my teenager's Bible this morning because my eyesight's going a bit so... For some reason, it's, it's bigger print with the teenager's Bibles, which I'm not sure why, because usually they can see just fine. But for some reason, it's bigger. So I'm going to use my little teeny bopper's Bible. And Psalm 103, verse 5, it says... Sorry. Actually, I might just start from the top, just to get it in context. So it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So I just want to focus on that bit, who satisfies your desires with good things. Everybody say good things. Good, good, good boy. That's what I say at home when they take the rubbish out. So the first thing I want to talk about today is point number one is we're never satisfied. If you are, that's an awesome trait to have. But you know that song, I can't get no satisfaction. We all sing it. I won't sing it for you like Mel. I'd probably clear the room. But it's like we're never satisfied. There's always something that, that's longing in our spirit. And, and I think, you know, we've actually got a desire for perfection. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know, God designed us for perfection. We weren't designed to carry sin. We weren't designed to um, have a, be in a place of, um, of lack emotionally, spiritually, health, friendships. And so, so like, you know, in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, it's like we were robbed of that. And so, and so there's a hunger in us for more. There's always a hunger for more. Um, whatever we get, we, we tend to want more of it or more of something else. And, you know, I was thinking about kids. Kids are a great example of that. I remember one of my girlfriends said to me that she had a child and he got all these Christmas presents. He was the only grandchild and he got so many presents and he just, and he just went crazy and he just opened all these presents and he's just going mad. And, and then he, you know, there's like literally, because she's from a big family, both sides, it was literally like, I don't know, 30, 35 presents he opened. He just was tearing them open and throwing them again. The next one, tearing it and throwing it and going crazy. And then when all the presents were open, guess what happened? 
ah, he just went absolutely hysterical. And they, I know you're not meant to say this now, and you don't know who she is, so you can't tell docs on me, but she had to smack him and she just had to really discipline him because he just was out of control and because he just wanted more and more and more. And, um, and I was laughing yesterday, my son... Near where we live, there's a new shopping centre open, new part of a shopping centre. It's all Hollywood and everyone's going there. And, you know, suddenly I feel like I need to dress up to go shopping because it's all very posh and beautiful. And, and Benny's like, oh, mum, I want to go. I want to get a hat. I really want to get a new hat. I'm like, seriously? Like, haven't you got an entire bag full of hats? No, but I need a new one. You know, it's like, this is never satisfied. I'm like, look at all these hats you've got. But no, I need a new one, mum. I'm like, oh, my Lord. So he had birthday money, so that's what he chose to spend it on. But, you know, it's just that sense of, oh, you know, and that was just yesterday, this, this never, never satisfied. You know, we're, we're not satisfied with how we look. We want to be thinner or thinner than her. Or if we're a guy, we want to bulk up. Or we want to be bulkier than him. Or, you know, I can't, kids just can't be smart. They've got to be smarter than, you know, that lady that annoys us in the tuck shop that always carries on about how amazing her children are. It's a true story. A bit too true, actually, for me to laugh about. But anyway, um, you know, we want a house. Once we get a house, then we'll be satisfied. And, you know, we want to travel. Oh, if only I could go there, that would be so amazing. And, oh, I bought a Jeep, you know. I want a Tiffany's. Like, it's just like, okay, thank you, Lord, my flesh is coming out. No, just joking. But, you know, there's just, there's always that sense of, oh, once I get this, once I get that, um, and, and, you know, we never have enough money. We just want a little bit more money. Oh, if I can just, you know, have a bit more to do this or that. And, and so there's that keeping up with the Joneses sort of Aussie saying that we have. And there's just that sense of never feeling completely satisfied. And, and so, and I think that that becomes toxic to our soul. That becomes something that really... Um, strips us of who God is in us and how he wants us to see ourselves and then my second point is the world offers to satisfy us so the world you know advertisers understand our insecurity and our need for more and our need for wanting stuff and that's what they play on constantly to get us to buy things and you know we're giving offerings with our credit card to serve the almighty lord of whatever it is we must have and and so, I th- and often there's that feeling of feeling better. I, I was talking to someone the other week and like, oh, I just, I've just got to go and buy something and then I feel so much better about myself. But let's not lie, we do. We do feel a bit better when we buy something about ourselves, but it doesn't last, does it? It's not something that actually creates something inside of us. And to me, satisfaction is, it's kind of like happiness, you know. Um, happiness is one of those things that we want and we need, and we have, but then tomorrow we don't have it. Or it's, it's something that's often elusive to us. And, and um, I was talking to uh, somebody that oh, was a while ago now, and her, she, uh, one of her relatives was doing something that wasn't exactly, you know, probably correct biblically. And she said, oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, as long as she's happy, and I'm like, no. No, 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 no. You won't actually find that in the Bible. It's not as long as you're happy. Our goal, guys, is not to be happy. Our, the benefit of doing things God's way is it will make us happy. But it's no, there's no guarantees. It's not something that we aim for. Um, don't get in that trap, especially if you've got children or um, people that you feel that you've got to constantly appease. Oh, as long as, as long as they're happy. I just want my children to be happy because that makes us feel like we're great parents if our children are happy. 
Well, I guess even this morning my children aren't happy with me. We didn't have a happy ride to church this morning. I know you find that very hard to believe, but my children weren't happy because they wanted to be doing something else. And it's like, no, 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 I'm teaching you correctly for the future. I'm teaching teaching you the ways of God. I want your foundation to be in God and and to have... And so the Lord disciplines those he loves. The, The Lord allows us, he wants us to be happy. He wants us to be satisfied with good things. But often we don't always know what those good things are. Okay, and the world will try and twist what we think is a good thing, but it's actually fleeting. It's not. It's not something to attain to. Um, You know, you drink Gatorade. You know, you feel like you'll be a real athlete, even if you're sitting on the couch. You win lotto, your life has changed forever. If you read the statistics on lotto winners, it's actually pretty um, disappointing. Most of them lose it within a certain point in time, few years, two years. Gee, there you go. And, um, you know, there's always that sense because we're just trying to feel good. We want to feel good about ourselves and we want to feel good about what we're doing. Um, every every advertiser is making you a promise for something that you can have. Um, and so what the Bible actually calls that, if we break it down, is actually an idol. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, and I just want to have a look, you know, in Exodus chapter 20 um, is the Ten Commandments. And so I'm just going to read that very quickly. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And then it goes on. It says, you'll not make yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation, to those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I just think that is such an amazing promise. And, you know, we tend to want to skip over the yucky bits in the Bible. And so there is, you know, God does punish and there are consequences in life and and just to know that you know what there's consequences that go down generational lines for for when we turn our back on God and and so I want to I want to have a household and you might be in a household that you're the first person in your household to to become a Christian and to have a relationship with the Lord and isn't that amazing that you can break that like today we can pray and you can be the beginning of that next part of the journey for your for your ancestors and for the people in your world and and I just think it's such an incredible incredible opportunity that we have to actually you know the bible says okay the third and fourth generation will will be will not be blessed will have curse but a thousand generations for those who love me and put me first and i and i love that i'm trying to create something in this house i love that we've got multi-generations in this church you know we've got the really elderly grandmas grandpas people that have lived life and done the journey for lots and lots of years right down to babies that haven't even been born yet carrie's tummy and it's just so beautiful because we are all here to build each other up we are here you are placed here don't feel like oh there's no one my age there's no one my stage guess what God's brought you to bring a difference and to actually bring in a generation of blessing that goes down it travels on so so and this is where we get 
It, it's because it's so like, oh, what's in it for me and what's happening with me and how am I being blessed and what's God got for me? He's got so much for you. But do you know what? He's got so much for you to, to impart into others and that's where there's that fulfillment. Um, and so I just think it's interesting that that is the first commandment, to put God first. And, you know, when we think of idols, we think of statues or, you know, Simon Cowell donning the next idol but actually it's not Ezekiel 14 3 talks about it and there's a lot of uh, mention in the Bible about idols and what God's saying is God we take good things the good things that God has for us like a successful career love marital possessions a nice car or home even family and we turn it into the ultimate thing so when that's the thing and you know that's when it becomes an issue um and sometimes it's the right thing to do. Sometimes they're good things. And this is where it gets slightly distorted because they're not bad things. They're great things. You know, I've seen couples desperate for a child and praying, God, I need a miracle. God, please, you know, and haven't been able to have a child. And, and they have a child and then suddenly it's like, oh, they're not in church much, are they? Oh, yeah, oh, it's Billy's nap time. And, you know, he gets a bit sensitive when he's tired and it's kind of like right um okay and so we just get like it's still good and it's still great but we get slightly sidetracked because we bring what God's given us into the house we bring it to the thing to the kingdom of God we bring it and we say Lord this is yours and I love that that um story about Samuel how how she brought him in and and dedicated him to the Lord and and all we're looking for really is significance and security and safety and fulfillment and that's what we're looking for but sometimes we just get so caught up with the things that we're surrounded with day in bombarding us constantly especially these days I mean it's just all over your phones all over the television the radio I mean I spend that much time in stress in the car when the kids are in the car changing channels and turning it off and oh, because it's just like unbelievable what is on there and I made this complaint I'm like right I'm complaining um, and I'm not a complainer I don't really do it very often at all Actually, I've probably only done it once before, but this ad that was on television was absolute uh, on the radio, and it was absolutely disgusting. And I'm like, you know, I'm driving to Manly with four teenage boys, and this full-on sex thing comes in, and I'm like, <laughs> quick, change it, and they're all like <clears throat> in the back, and um, and so I changed it, and I'm like, okay, great. And then it comes on that station. I'm like, oh my gosh! You know, it's just so, it's everywhere and it's so hard. And so here is literally like a soul detox. I love that, the name of that series because, you know, I came in this morning and I've got a thousand things going through my mind. And that worship, Andy and Muses, was unbelievable. It was so fantastic. Thank you so much. That was just what I needed. And so it does. It actually, I, you literally can take it like that. It's like releasing toxins. And, and so it's just just making what you have and not making it the ultimate thing. Even time, I find time these days is something that we get a little bit um, caught up about because we are running, we're running, um, we're working long hours, we're doing so much. And I think society's changed too, so so many women work now, so there's a lot of dynamics that have shifted in our society. But that can become an idol because we're like... Um, I had a couple that were in our church a few years ago and, and uh, we saw them on a week, during the week. I said, oh, okay, yeah, see you Sunday. And he said, see you Sunday. Um, and they were like, yep, um, yeah, no, we don't have anything on, so we'll see you there. Yep, no, we'll be there. And I was like, huh? 
But I thought that moment, I thought, wow, that's a cultural shift, you know. It's like, if I've got nothing else on, then I'll come. You know, as opposed to, you know, I put God number one. And I'm not saying, gosh, we all have stuff on, don't, be, don't get me wrong. But it's just that attitude of the heart. There's that, that, it's just such a, 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 a slinking away. And, and, and um, I had whinged to someone saying, oh, I'm so busy. I've got so much going on. Um, a couple of years ago, I was... And, the, and they said, oh, well, you need to watch your boundaries. You need to make sure that your boundaries are strong because, and I'm like, yeah, but I think sometimes we can use that as an excuse not to bless anybody else and not to help anybody else and not actually put ourselves out for anybody else because I'm really busy and I haven't got a lot of time. And, but actually, if you break it down, you kind of, you know, I would be home sort of four or five nights a week. Yes, you're doing kids and dinner and this and that. But do you know what I'm saying? It's like enlarging us, making room for us, actually expanding what God has for us and and it's not insular it's out we're kingdom builders church okay so so the an idol is anything more important to you than God anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God anything that you seek to what only God can give and so I just really want you to think about that church like this there's definitely areas in my world where I go probably been a little bit I think sometimes I had to repent and I know it's kind of a sin anyway but I had to really repent when I was doing this message of anxiety you know anxiety is something that can grip me really quickly and really easily and it's something that um, I've had to really work on and and, um, develop myself in and train myself not to go there Um, and you know what it's like the middle of the night you wake up and you've got things going you know the whole world's about to fall apart and it's like, wow, like that actually could become an idol because sometimes if you've got nothing to worry about, you're like, what's wrong? I'm not worried. And so it's actually, it's a discipline of training yourself to not do that. And, and it does take work and it takes constantly letting go, letting go. But we are training ourselves. We're being discipled by the Holy Spirit to live a fulfilling life, to have these blessings that, that Psalm talks about. And in that place is the blessing. Um, and so, and it, it actually becomes a controlling thing because you eat, breathe and sleep it. Um, it can be a romantic relationship, peer approval, competence and skill, secure and comfortable circumstances. Oh yeah, that's me. Oh, your beauty, not that bit. Or your brains, a great political or social cause, your morality and virtue, or even Christian ministry. You know, we, we so want something and we, we think it's going to be a certain way and we, you know, we can, be, we be, we can become ambitious and, and that's a great thing because that's a great motivator, but it's why. It's not what you want, it's why you want it and how does that make you feel. And, um, and so I think just having, knowing that you've got that, that feeling of significance and meaning from the Lord and not from that thing. Once I get there, once I get to that position, once people see me, once I'm respected, whatever it is. And, and, and that's, it's something that, you know, this person might really love you and accept you, but then suddenly that person's not, you know, and you, you, you can't, you get undone, um, particularly as women. Sorry, guys, for a second. But as women, you know, we, we love relationships and we love to do relationships well. And quite frankly, at times, I couldn't really care if the bank account was empty. But if my relationships are going well, then they'll be fine, honey, it's fine. Because we, we love to feel good in that area. But at the same time, it's not always, you can't base yourself on everybody else. All right, so my last point, only God can truly satisfy. 
Okay, so the problem with idols is that they're big on promises and small on delivery, and it won't take you into eternity. Um, you know, I had an experience when I was a child. Um, my parents divorced. Some of you may know my story, some of you may not, and I won't bore you with it now, but just aside to say that um, when I was five, my parents divorced, and um, I grew up in a single-parent family, which is very common these days. Not massively common back then, but it was okay. Um, And I remember uh, my brother and I would go to school and mum organised a babysitter for um, us to to be babysat in the afternoons because she had to work full time to provide for us. And so we'd have this babysitter come every week, every day, and I hated her. I didn't like her because she was taking mummy away and, um, and I found it, um, but she was nice, but I was just like, oh, and I remember one day mum was late home from work and I was standing out in our driveway and we lived on a fairly busy road and, and I was there and I was sort of pacing around, I'm like, where is she? And every car, I was watching every car that drove past, it's not mum's, it's not mum's and, and I started to get incredibly stressed and fretful and you know just that fear of abandonment I guess and and I was so um, nervous and I remember just going God and and I remember I was crying and oh I'm gonna cry it's not funny how you can go back to memories and I was standing there and mum had become a Christian in the time and she's like right say this prayer after me right we go to church every Sunday right you're a Christian now oh okay fine whatever I don't know what that means but okay we went to this little old church with like 20 people and I think my mum was the youngest by 20 years and we had to kneel and stand and kneel and stand and, and um, I didn't really understand it but I went and, and I remember thinking oh I just had that, that first I don't know if you, any of you remember that first moment where you go God help me and I just prayed and, and I stood there and I was like God help me please bring mum back I'm so scared and it was a really beautiful sunny day and it was just gorgeous and, and there was no trees or anything where I was standing and I just felt this incredible, just a really fat drop on the top of my head and what was bird poo on my head? <laughs> no. Um, and there was no, um, there was no rain or anything like that. It wasn't raining and, and you know, for me it was like I'm looking around and there was just like nothing that could have warranted this drop on my head. And in that moment, you know, in moments we have choices. It's a moment that we have a choice. And I just went, oh, God just touched me. That was God. And I remember just being filled with this incredible joy and peace. And I just knew that everything was going to be okay. I knew she was going to come back. I knew she'd be there. And it was just amazing because I didn't hear of what, it was just a touch and for me, that actually set me on a path. That's all it took to set me on a path of God. If I stay close to God, he will look after me. He will see to every need. And it was just, it was a revelation. And church, if you haven't had that, that's what you need. is just your own personal revelation. It can be something that tiny and that simple. And that will get you through. And, you know, I pray that for my kids. I pray that for my family that don't know the Lord. Like just... That one touch from God. But you know what? You choose whether you take that on board and you apply that as faith and you go, God, I've got something. And I know, and I have never felt that again. Never. 
don't felt much at all really in terms of anything physical like that but I just know that that was God and so and and every time I get into that fretful place I take myself back to that moment and I want you to take yourself to a moment where you felt like might have even just been a feeling where God said it's going to be okay or someone wrapped their arms around you or you're in worship or a scripture whatever it is hold on to that and, and declare that over your life because I'm telling you now, the enemy will try and snatch and steal and rob and destroy and take any good thing that you want, any peace. And so we have to fight for it, church. It doesn't just fall in our laps. And, um, and once we settle in our heart that no one person or one thing can, can fulfill us other than Jesus Christ, he's the only person, then we don't have the expectation of fulfillment from other things. We don't have that, that thing of, oh, well, I know that once I get this, everything's going to be okay. Yes, as I loved how what Ward was saying last week, that ah oh, moment. You know when you get that, ah, oh, it's over. I'll be like that after church today. <laughs> no jokes. I love preaching. <laughs> but you know when you get that, oh, it's over. And that's, you know, that's great and that's fine. But, uh, but that deep down sense of security and worthiness, um, we're, we're not looking for it out there. We can enjoy the Jeep. We can enjoy the Tiffany's. We can enjoy the trip overseas for what it is an amazing, incredible experience that God wants to bless us with and that's it, bam, done, right. It's not something that holds and grips our heart. Um, You know, if you're struggling with loneliness or anxiety or anger or any of those things, don't feel like it's necessarily that you're doing something wrong. Um, Sometimes we can think a negative emotion is sin or uh, something, and it's not necessarily, it's a condition of the human heart. And so don't allow condemnation to come onto you. If you know you're doing the right thing and you're doing according to the word of God and you're believing God and you're putting him first and you're trusting him and you're not, you know, wavering to the right or the left, then you're going to get times when you feel anxious. You're going to get times when you feel angry. Even Jesus got angry. Even Jesus got anxious. I mean, he, oh, I would too if I was him, but he sweated drops of blood. I mean, that's anxiety. I can't say I've been to that place thanks to him, but I can't imagine what that would be like you know he got angry and tore the church up imagine went rage I mean so it's a human emotion um and I was just thinking about that and you know the bible says take up your cross and follow me and sometimes I think oh gee that's a heavy scripture isn't it wow you know, and we see Jesus in the movies carrying this big cross and filled with incredible emotion and thanks, thankfulness. But that's just saying, take up what God's asked you to do and just follow me. It's, it's like my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take it and follow me. And that's as simple as it is. You know, God, if he's called you here, He's, he's called you here to do something great for him um, and to, to touch others' lives and... and and just being involved in building the house of God, you know, John Dawson cracks me up, you know, he's, he's actually, oh, I'll clean the church. No, I want to clean the church. I want to make it beautiful for God's people. So what does John Dawson do? He cleans the church every week. I mean, hello. So when you go to the toilet, uh, when you look at the floor, it doesn't just happen by angels coming down and, and ministering to us. It actually takes people. So thank you, John. And thank you for everyone. You know, we all do our bit and it's just beautiful. And, 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 and just see that, that I'm doing that for, for God. I'm doing that for Jesus. And we've got this such a pull, um, I think, often friendships. Friends is a big pull. 
and I've been talking about this with a lot of people lately, it's, it's a big thing and often it's what we base a lot of our decisions on. You know, we, we want to have friends and um, I remember so, someone saying they were helping and they're like, oh, you know, but I really miss my friends and it's like, of course you do. I miss my friends. I, you know, we, we all miss friends but you know what? Doing something for God is so much more incredible and and God will fill, fill that void but there's, there's, a, there's a point where we go, okay, God, what do you want me to do? How can I make a difference in this time, in this place, in this season of my life? And, and, so, and so having that sense of, of not that pull by things that, that seem like they're going to fulfill you. Um, obviously, you're still going to have them at the end of the day, but I was talking to a girl at work and she's 25 and she's pregnant with twins and she's very cute and she's very... She's good for me because I learn how the people of that generation um, operate. Hilarious. So funny. I don't feel like it today. Oh, I'm tired. She's so gorgeous. I just love her. But she teaches me about stuff and, and she lost her first friend this week. And she's like, I've just lost a friend. I gave it to her. I just told her, Nick, I just, I've put it, I can't do this anymore. I've just had to say. And I'm like, oh, darling. I said, trust me, you'll lose a few more along the way. You know, like, it was just so beautiful because she's like, I've lost a friend. I'm like, oh. And you get into your 40s, you're like, mm. And not, not from bad reasons, but just life. You know, you drift and you move and stuff happens. And, you know, it's just impossible to keep in contact with everybody. And, and you know, and I said, look, it's okay to let it go. If, you know, maybe it just wasn't meant to be one of your longest-term relationships. Um, she wasn't being very kind to her and and you know and it was just like oh darling you know it's just beautiful because and it's sad you know that first you know that first taste of disappointment you get that first exam you fail I failed a test this week I was so cranky I failed by six percent I had to get 80 and I got 73 I was like oh but you know you just it's like it's yucky and but at the same time don't laugh at me Bailey that's my son um and my boys are using that as leverage because they're coming into exam times at the moment. So we won't go there. But, um, yeah, and so just having that thing of friends, you know, they come and they go. And, you know, we crave the good old days. You know, you get on Facebook and, oh, there's, you know, someone will do the old pictures of where I used to work and we all used to giggle and call it the typing pool and we were so naughty and we had so much fun. And we're like, oh, We'd all be like getting on Facebook. Oh, they were the good old days. Oh, how fun was that? Oh, that was so amazing. And, you know, everyone's on far-flung parts of the world now. And, you know, it's like move on. I've got to keep moving, keep moving. Um, And I was reading in Genesis um, 19 uh, just the other day, and it was talking about Lot and and Lot's wife. Fascinating. If If you ever feel like reading some scripture, you're on a bus or a train or... Yeah, I was reading about Lot... And, you know, we always hear about Lot's wife. Lot's wife, this. Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. Lot's wife turned back and looked. And I've always been so focused on Lot, Lot's wife. But I actually saw a verse in there. I don't know where it is. Um, and I think it's verse 16. And it was actually talking about, so these two angels. So if you don't know the story, Lot, and I don't want to bore you, and I'm trying not to go too long. But Lot separated from Abraham so Lot and Abraham were were uncle and nephew and Abraham was an amazing man of God beautiful incredible rich as and and they got to a point where 
they came to the top of a hill and Lot decided he wanted to go and do his own thing. And, and so they, they parted ways and um, he thought, took what he thought was the best of the land, what looked the best to the eye, the most pleasing. And if you know the story, it ended up um, being a disaster. And then we ended up with Sodom and Gomorrah, which is um, even more disaster. And so these two angels, it was full of sin and the, and the Lord was going to destroy the whole city. And these two angels came and they said... Um, Come, went to to Lot and his family. Come, come, let me take you, let me take you. I can't find my, the girls, the two girls were engaged. Can't find them. He's, they're like, we get, the city's going to be destroyed. We have, there's these men pounding on their door and they wanted to attack the, the two angels. And it was actually quite Hollywood. I thought this would make a great movie. At least you've got a heart for movies. There you go. Um, and, and it was just incredible. But you know what it said in verse 16? It said, and it just hit me, Lot hesitated. He hesitated. He's like, but, and there was that enticement from the world still. You know, there was enticement for the, the fun and the, and, the, and the sin and the, you know, the things that we, that just kind of saturate us. And, and so... Anyway, finally they drag him out. Come on. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm running after you, angel. It's like, they're like, come on, quickly, get out. And so, so finally he's like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yep, let's go, everybody. And so he grabs them out. And, and then the daughters came as well. Um, and then it was Lot's wife that looked back and turned her into a pillar of salt, which we've all, we've, I've, most of us have heard that story. And, and, and it was the looking back, it was a turning back, and it was representative of wanting the world, like being enticed back to those things that weren't of God. And so I just really want you to see yourself. You know, I'm so excited about the prayer meetings at the moment. Like, and what I'm excited about is it's actually a lot of new people that are in church that are coming to the prayer meetings. Hello? Awesome. And, and, but I want you to see when you're praying, when you're in church worshipping, when you're reading the word, when you're talking to some, someone about God, what, when we're here together, when we're having coffee, talking, what we're actually doing is we're pushing back the forces of darkness over this place. When you are doing anything for God, you are in spiritual warfare. You are fighting and you are pushing back. And so I want you to see that that what you're doing isn't just mundane. It actually means something. It has significance. So you are significant to the Lord. And, and in that place, God will bless you with good things. He, has, he knows our desires and he wants to bless us. And so I just really want you today, as I finish up, just to decide that I want to be blessed by you, God, with good things. And in that place, you are not going to disappoint. You, you will never leave us or forsake us, Lord Jesus. And in that place, he will come and he will fill you. He knows what you need, but he'll still allow us to go through things. But he knows what you need and he's going to give you the desires of your heart when you hold on to him and put him first and love him with all your heart. All right, church, let's pray.